Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. This is quite complicated. All right, bring it on. I'm not sure you'll have an answer, but I figured this would be worth asking. My mom has had a grudge against one of my friends for years now. Oh, sis, I'm so sorry. When she found out I picked her to be my bridesmaid, she kicked me and my fiance out of the house we were renting from her and said she isn't coming to my wedding. Oh, girl. I'm okay with all that, but she also has a lot of relatives on her side who I still want to invite. Taking on the task of inviting them personally since she's out of the picture now. How do I explain why my mother isn't at the wedding if anyone asks and how can I make this seem less awkward? Have you ever seen this happen? If so, what advice might you have? Okay, first of all, I am so sorry. And if anyone has not validated your feelings yet, like they're so valid. This is messy and it's uncomfortable. Um, and I'm so sorry that that's how your mom reacted over something like this, uh, especially over your wedding. As far as uh, reaching out to them, as far as asking, you can choose. There's a couple different options. Um, you can either choose. Well, first of all, be as diplomatic as possible. If people ask why your mom's not there, or why she's not coming, um, she uh, she had some things that she couldn't get past and chose not to attend. And if they want to dive deeper, you can just say maybe you should ask her those questions. Very simple, very diplomatic, removes you from the conversation, makes it very clear that there's not going to be more of a response here. Or you decide to be completely honest and say she wasn't happy with a decision that I made for my wedding. And so she uh, told me not to come or she told me she wasn't coming. It depends on what feels like the best approach for you. I don't think that there is a wrong way of doing this. So that's what I would say to prep yourself for those questions. As far as inviting people on that side, I don't think you need to explain ahead of time that your mom isn't going to be there. I like that you're reaching out to them personally. I think that will help you feel better. Um, that would be my advice in the situation. But also, sweet Jamie, I am so sorry that you're going through that. It, there is a way that you can handle this. And either way, you could be like, yeah, she chose not to come. Um, if you want to like bear yourself and bear a little bit of your frustration to these family members, you know your relationship better than I do. Or you can be diplomatic and say, uh, yeah, she had some things that she um, couldn't quite get past and so she won't be attending. Um, and I don't think either one is the wrong answer. You just need to find the one that works best for you. If you thought for one second that I was going to start a brand new podcast and not bring over Generation Tux to join me, you are sorely mistaken. But you guys, there's a reason that I keep talking about them. There is a reason that I'm so obsessed with them. And one of them is all of the free offerings to you as the wedding couple. Number one, free swatches. If you want to do color comparison or compare it to any dresses or linens or florals, they will send you free swatches. Number two, a free home try-on for the wedding couple with free round-trip shipping. All of that's free. <laughs> uh, number three, with five paid rentals, the groom gets his suit rental for free. Number four, with seven paid rentals, the groom gets his rental for free and then gets to keep the suit. You guys, if I have not convinced you to check out Generation Tux at this point, I don't I don't know who will. Head on over to wolferandco.com forward slash suits to claim your free prize today. <laughs> also, you guys, Generation Tux is having a promo right now for our community only. Get $20 off any suit for you or your sweetie for a limited time only. Use code WOLFER20 at checkout when you go to www.wolferandco.com forward slash suits. 
future mother-in-law and fiance are working on figuring out their mother Sundance. She is persistent that they do something fun and flash mob style, which he is just not interested in. Any suggestions or an idea you've seen that might make them both happy? Mm, would he be into dance lessons? Like just something where he's like appeases the fact that she wants it to be special and fun, but it's also not like jazz hands. You know what I mean? Um, it could be a fun, easy swing dance that she just feels like, I mean, she wants to celebrate. Like you can tell like she's like an eager puppy. <laughs> she, she wants to celebrate this moment. Clearly your fiance is like, no. Um, so if there is some sort of choreographed dance that they could do that's structured, that doesn't make him feel like a buffoon, that they both have time to practice, that could be a really great option. Um, other than that, if it comes down to it, your fiance should probably share why he doesn't want to. Hey mom, I get that you're excited, but I would be deeply embarrassed or I just have no desire to do that. Is there anything else that we can do to be silly and fun? Because this is just not my style, but she also knows her son. She probably knows it's not his style. So I think that the choreographed dance, if it's financially feasible and time-wise feasible, would be a really good um, middle ground. All right. Natalie asked, what do you suggest a welcome sign should be? Size, info included, et cetera. Uh, okay. As far as size is concerned, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It depends on the space that you have. Um, like this back here, like the size of a, a normal poster board. What's the size of that? Someone Google it. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, is a good size, but it can be slightly smaller or slightly larger. You just want it to be something that quickly catches someone's attention. The information that should be included on a welcome sign is, um, or not should be because a welcome sign is like not necessary. I do think they're very important. Have your, there we go. Thank you, Katie I, <laughs> and Heather. I knew they'd start researching that immediately. God bless them. Um, that's what I would say is like two by three seems like a good size, but you can definitely cut down from there. There's no right or wrong answer to this, but on the sign, I recommend having your names. Um, because in case anyone's like, am I in the right place? And they're like, oh, Natalie's wedding. Great. Okay, cool. We're, we're in the right spot. That's the only thing that I would recommend instead of just like, welcome to our wedding. And then like nothing else. Now the downside of that is it makes it like a less sustainable product. So if there's a way that you can like put it on with cricket vinyl and remove it later so someone else can use it. I don't know. That's 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 a story for another time. But um, I think that that's, there's no should be or what has to be included. How big should the seating chart slash seating slash table chart be? Um, there is no should be. Again, the, the most important part is how legible is it? How easily can someone read where their name is? Um, so if we're talking about little itty bitty escort cards with really scripty cursive, which is gorgeous, especially if they're done by a calligrapher and you're just like, Hey, hold on. Who gave you permission? Right. Um, those take longer to read. If you get anything done in script, it's going to take longer to read, especially if it's like extra swoopy and extra fancy. So for me, it's, uh, it depends on how many people you have. It depends on how much space you have and how creative you want to get with it. There is no should be, um, or requirement here. I prefer a serif or sans serif font instead of handwritten or cursive just because it, for me, it makes my job a little bit faster. So as long as you can, have you ever, okay, here's the perfect example. You ready for this? Here's like, I get on font rants. Have you ever driven by a car wash that teenagers are putting on They're holding up a sign and you're like, if you filled in those letters, I could read it more easily because you're like driving by and you just have a quick second to look at it. 
Same idea here with your seating chart. You want it to be very easily legible. So we don't want to do it too tiny because if you do it too tiny, people have to come in close and then they bottleneck. So hopefully that helps. What is your advice on sitting husbands slash wives, girlfriends, boyfriends at the bridal tables? If there is room, I want everyone to feel welcome. That's sweet of you. And part of the group with our significant other who is part of our wedding party. If I have the space, is that a good idea in your opinion? Uh, yeah, if you have the space, go for it. Um, I think for my event, well, I had a sweetheart table. So I just let them all sit with their significant others at their own table. Cause I get it. Like, uh, but also sometimes aesthetic wise, people don't want that. So if this sounds, it sounds like it's a priority to you for everyone to enjoy it. If you have the room, go for it. If not, you're literally sitting at your, like sitting, eating dinner for such a small fraction of time. Like your wedding party will get up and join their significant others no problem. <laughs> they, they, they won't have a problem like going to see them as soon as they're done eating. So there's no wrong answer here. Peonies, hydrangeas, spray roses. Oh my. Honestly, if you are stumped on how to approach wedding flowers while keeping on budget, you will definitely want to take this little floral quiz that we put together that will help you to tap into some professional level guidance. Factoring in your budget and aesthetic, this quiz will guide you towards an ideal resource to make your floral dreams happen without blowing your budget. Take the quiz now at floralquiz.com. Any suggestions on how I can preserve my bridal bouquet? How quickly do I have to do it so the flowers can still be preserved? I don't have an answer for you. Actually, I did see something really cool on TikTok, but that's probably not a great response. <laughs> my guess is it would need to be pretty quickly and you would need to arrange it ahead of time. So, um, and it depends on how you want it preserved. Do you want it pressed? Do you want it uh, poured, like resin poured over it? Um, so find out what avenue you want to use. And then honestly, like this is like, I would, I would Google it because I'm not quite sure. But I did see someone who, like people who do some incredible resin art with flowers um, from your bouquet on Etsy. Girl, so good. So I would say check out, well, first of all, decide which avenue you want to go with and then check those out. Do you have any advice for getting through the last month? Oh, Meg, I know that all the projects should be completed a few weeks before the wedding, but the anxiety of knowing what's left is hard to overcome. In other words, what should I focus on to get to the finish line and what should I let go of at this point? Okay, Meg, first of all, I adore you to pieces, sweet friend. Um, It's a lot. It's a lot to figure out in those last few weeks. It's a lot to kind of process through. Um, the question I always ask my clients is like, what would people miss if it's gone? And if it's, you know, the item that you're currently working on, then work on that. And if they wouldn't miss it or they won't know, that's when it's time to let that go. So the things that they'll notice are stuff like, you know, did your photographer show up? <laughs> How smooth is your timeline? Um, things they will not miss are perfectly handmade table numbers. If you have to go pick something up from Michael's or Hobby Lobby or Joann's to like fill in that last minute craft that you really wanted to do, people will not remember that. How many people notice? How many people will miss it? That's a good question to kind of, or like a good rule of thumb to go off of on that. Um, what do you have to have? What will people miss or notice? So it, it's a lot. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this in your last few weeks. You've got this girl. You have thrown yourself, you have thrown yourself into this program and into everything we've done for months now. You're solid. I know you are. And the only reason you're stressing out is because you've been so on top of this wedding for so long that now it's coming to an end. And you're like, I should have 80 million things to do. You're, I guarantee you, your event is going to be flawless. So let go of the things that honestly do not serve you 
that will not serve your guests or your vendors and just focus on the things that people will notice if they're missing. All right. Another dance cue. We have a bunch of friends whose significant others can't come. What would be a way to do the marriage dance where they're not sad? Oh, they'll be, I honestly, I've, um, if it's something that will deeply sadden them and really, really wreck them, then like maybe don't do it. But if their significant other can't come for a short trip or a weekend or however long they're there, they should be okay for you to do it. Um, anyways, they understand that this is a wedding and that traditions like this take place. So, um, yeah, I would say don't own it too much. Don't, uh, assume their feelings before you know them. They might be like, Hey, a weekend away from my spouse is actually kind of nice. <laughs> Cause let me tell you a weekend away from my spouse is actually, it's actually kind of nice. So don't over own it. Um, if you are really concerned that they're going to be extremely sad, then maybe contemplate skipping it or chat with them beforehand to be like, Hey, we're doing this. You're going to be okay. Uh, cause I know, you know, your wife's not here. And so just want to be mindful of that. That's how I'd handle that. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the master plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. (laughs) And until next time, bye guys.